Welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by two, you, two of your usual hosts, Ben. Uh, <laughs> you're just memories. <laughs> no, you're joined by your two hosts. Your two hosts, uh, Tom Mannering and myself, Josh Hartley. Uh, how are you doing, Tom? I am much better than I was a few days ago when we spoke. Yeah. Uh, I am good though. Uh, today's been a decent day. I have some. I got some good news. Well, I got I received something good, which we'll talk about in a received bit. Received stuff. Yeah. Yes. You've had, a, a, you've got good news. Mm. So things are, things are looking up in yeah. team. It's all, it's all coming up. It's all coming up. Josh and Tom. <laughs> Tom. Tom has pulled a repulsed face. I think is the, I think is the the best way to describe that. It's a horrible way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get my uh, big news story out of the way and we'll divert onto our property podcast that we're clearly running. Of course. <laughs> I have uh, had an offer accepted on a house, so I will be buying a house in Carlisle. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting all of that sorted. Um, it's going to be great to um, get settled because as, as nice as it's been like staying at my brother's and I'm enjoying it, um, I, I want my own space. It's nice. You You've know not what I mean? been there that long. What is it, like 10 days or something? It's longer than that. Is it uh, really? It's been th- yeah, three weeks. That's gone quick. It has, yes. Yeah, I've, I'm, I got here right at the start of August. Right, so. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Why am I singing a lot this episode? I don't I know. I don't know. And it's not even like you're singing good songs. <laughs> Wow. Uh, KISS fans, I apologise for what uh, Tom has just said. Um, right, I will say, that... KISS put on a hell of a show, right? They mm-hmm. are they are a hell of a performer, but their music, eh, okay. middling. I don't mind KISS, I'm alright. I, like, I, I, I wouldn't be excited to see them. Exactly. Like, that's, yeah. that's the thing, like, I don't dislike them, but I'm not like, yeah, KISS, man, that's where it's at. 80s glam rock is it kind of I suppose yeah well I mean they started in the 70s yeah uh, yeah yeah. Um, no I know what you mean I know what you mean um, back on more topic uh, more on topic on topic this is gaming stuff that we're going to talk about because we are a gaming podcast we damn are. it uh, you talk about your uh, your cool stuff you got okay I received a package in the mail this morning uh mm-hmm which I knew was coming, but it arrived quicker than I expected. I received my Legend of Vox Machina Critical Role Kickstarter reward. Mm-hmm. So I briefly alluded to this on a, an episode a week or two ago that uh, I'd backed this, and, and I think I mentioned backing it two years ago when I did back yeah, it. I think uh, you did. <laughs> and this is the, the rewards. The backer rewards have arrived uh, mm-hmm. this very morning. Uh, and they're great. Um, I think, like, I really was quite impressed with the the quality of the 
the delivery. Um, mm. Like it comes in a Legend of Vox Machina. I'm showing Josh. I appreciate people can't see this. Uh, it comes in a Legend of Vox Machina envelope. Uh, mm-hmm. On the back of the envelope, it says, The legend begins, you were always besides us. Love Critical Role, which I thought was quite nice. Oh, it's quite yeah. sweet. Uh, I backed at, uh, I think it was £100 I backed at, because uh, I was feeling flush when this came mm-hmm. out. Uh, so I got some playing cards, uh, Vox Machina playing cards. I got some dice. I got a beanie. I got some stickers, because I'm five. Uh, I got some. Uh, I got like a display art as well from like the. I think it's one of the first cells for the animation, mm-hmm. um, as like a display art piece as well. Um, I didn't really back it for the rewards. If I'm honest, I backed it because I want to see the animated show. But yes, it's... I think that that was the point I was just about to jump in at. The the big thing was help funding this uh, this TV series. So. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. You know, I. The, the rewards are a nice bonus there's some digital stuff as well mm-hmm. um, that I've already got but yeah the the physical rewards are lovely but I really want to see the, the animated show and, and that's what I'm excited about so yeah. that was a really nice I, I've had a, a rough week up to this point but that was a, a lovely thing to get through the post and lifted my spirits a little pick me up oh yes. that's nice Just I want to go off topic a little bit Okay. we, we, we lasted five minutes it's cool it's uh, I've not yeah. taken us off topic yet tonight how, how dare you, sir? Uh, <laughs> accurate, to be fair. Uh, but uh, with you mentioning stickers, did you used to get like the Panini sticker albums as a kid? Yes. Yeah. A lot of them. So I I went through a phase when I was like a kid kid, and mm. I remember getting like sticker albums for stuff like Sonic and uh, Monster in My Pocket had a sticker book, I remember. <laughs> I had that God, well. I forgot that existed! Yeah, man, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then when I was a bit older, and I was at sort of like back end of primary school, I think, we did like the the FIFA ones, you know, and mm. football was a big thing. I had no interest in football at school. I just liked collecting stickers and, and putting them in a book. And I was so meticulous about like aligning the sticker perfectly, yeah. you know, in like the slot you got. I'd be like, mm, and like getting the shinies and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I remember like the economy bit, and I think this still exists as well. Like the economy behind it, we'd be like, well, this is a shiny, so it's worth like three normal stickers. Um, yes. and stuff like that. Like no one made that rule. Trading. That was that was just a weird rule that kids brought in. You know, we as kids, uh, as a society, have decided that a shiny is worth three normal stickers, and then you try and get like the big players. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, I think Giggs was like a big player when I was a kid and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was crazy times, man. Crazy mad times. Were you into stickers? Oh yeah, um, I keep te- getting tempted to actually get the new Premier League Panini yeah. uh, album uh, as as an adult of thirty four. So you know, um, there's still something quite appealing about that. I think Bowers still does it on occasion. Like I don't know if he's done it over nice. the past few years, but I remember a few years ago he he had sort of him and a few of his mates. I think kind of as a joke and. Mm had all gone out and got sticker books and like because we're adults like the amount of money you can you can should you desire throw at <laughs> stickers as opposed yeah. to what you get you know as a kid you have like two pound fifty five pound mm-hmm. pocket money if you were flush whereas like as an adult you know you you can drop a hundred quid on stickers if you Jeez, really want oh, to yeah yeah it's crazy crazy it's, uh, right back on topic yes. um just related actually to the uh, critical role in vox machina 
a little news update. Uh, WizKids are bringing out... Now, I thought this was the first wave of um, Critical Role miniatures, but Tom corrected me when we were discussing this. They are bringing out uh, the next wave, though. So we've got, in, we've got some monsters, we've got NPCs, a couple of characters. Sadly, the, the, the website announcing this doesn't show any of them. <laughs> it's just listing them. Which I'm a little disappointed at, but uh, but yeah. So if you if you, um, I'm assuming they've done this like to tie in with um, the Dungeons and Dragons supplements that are specifically set around Critical Role. I think so. Yeah, I think it's it's largely like monsters that have featured on Critical Role, be they generic mm-hmm. ones or I know Critical Role's had a lot of like specific monsters that uh, Matt Mercer and and the people. That kind of support him have made mm. for it um, so they're not just kind of using stuff out of the core books and then they've got a lot of NPCs that have appeared that are getting minis and a lot of the main characters it's a weird one for me uh, these these miniature sets so I don't like as a general rule I don't like using established characters in my games um, sure. because I feel they come with an expectation of mm-hmm. how that character will act, what that character will be able to do. So you don't really have the same control over you do as you do over a new character or a character you've made. Um, so, like, I have the uh, Steamford game Critical Role minis that they released, mm-hmm. uh, which was a Kickstarter, funnily enough. Um, but I didn't get them for gaming. I got them for display. Yeah. Because I want to paint them all up and, and have them all on display, which I am... Um, planning to do at some time when I have the time to paint 50 individual miniatures uh, they're still sitting sprayed on the shelf next to me at the moment yeah. but they will get painted up eventually um, the WizKids ones are the quality is not amazing like and I'm not, not to be disparaging about them like they are sort of a softer plastic Yeah. Um, they're kind of hand painted but in that sort of sloppy way where it's it's functional but yeah. you wouldn't enter it into a painting competition you know no. um they look fine on a on a 3d battle map i use some of those minis for my own games on occasion mm-hmm. um and you know it's certainly better than a pawn or a you know dice or a token or something um so there is something to be said for them in that regard but mm-hmm. i don't know i i wouldn't have any use for them in a game as such, mm-hmm. except maybe the odd game, or maybe as like a stand-in for something else, you know, I want a bartender so I'll use this mini of a bartender from Critical Role um, I'm sure there will be people that will be interested in them, but to me they, they're they not suitable as collectibles Yeah, and they have a limited use as miniatures, so I don't know I'm sure there is a market for it, there must be because this is a second wave mm-hmm. so someone must must be into it and I imagine people aren't as hung up on me as using other people's characters in their games, yeah. I guess. Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, people absolutely love Critical Role, and I dare say there'll be people out there who just want to recreate that campaign, so that that, that makes sense to me. So, But anyway, you, will, uh, you dear listener, will be able to get your, uh, get your hands on those uh, from a good retailer soon. Next up on the docket... Um, Games Workshop have announced the Codex release schedule for the rest of the year for Warhammer 40k. So, I will uh, I'll link to the article um, 
in the show notes. So August saw the release of Grey Knights and Thousand Sons. Um, I've yet to get those, but I will. Uh, <laughs> next month, we get Codex Orcs. Uh, no surprise there at all. Um, we've just had a bunch of new miniatures get released for them. Uh, November sees Codex Supplement Black Templars. Uh, I saw this announced, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was about to trigger you for a second, Tom, because we're getting another Space Marine uh, Codex, but you seem relatively calm. It's not great. I won't lie. I don't Mm -hmm. love it. I mean, we've got Grey Knights, which are realistically a Space Marine chapter. Mm -hmm. You spin it however you want, but they're wearing power armor for the Imperium, so they're as close as you're going to get. The thing is, and what caused me not to trigger... Black Templars were my first love as a, oh, right. as a Space Marine know. chapter. So nice. I don't play them anymore, uh, but there's a place in my heart for mm. them as a as an army. So I kind of I let it go. I let it slide. This once GW, you get one. You get you get one pass. <laughs> yeah. and, and this is it. And then December, we have two codexes, unnamed codexes, codices coming out um they've used some art for a uh, mock-up art for these i i i don't like reading anything into these because um one of them frankly uh, was used uh, last year uh for uh, one of the mock-up codexes coming out uh in fact i think both were so we have no idea what they're going to be wild speculation I can't speculate, and I'm not going to. I imagine one's probably a Space Marine faction. Uh, but I would... but they've, they've ran out, though, right? Unless they were going to do supplements for, like, Ultramarines and, like, the sort of Codex-compliant chapters. So then... who have they done so far? They've done Space Wolves. They've done Dark Angels. They've done Blood Angels. They've done Black Templars. They've done Death Watch. They've done Death Watch. They've done Grey Knights. Mm-hmm. No, that's a fair point. Unless they do Ultramarines or things like Imperial Fists, Crimson Fists, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of grouping, then, yeah, they've run out. Uh, is it, have Inquisition got a codex yet? Oh, that's a good shout. No, they don't. So I think that the previous uh, title was like Agents of the Imperium because mm-hmm. that would cover that covers your Inquisitors and your Assassins mm. and the like. I, I would like to see a codex of them. I used to have an army. I don't have it anymore. Mm. I sold it off because it, it just didn't really work in, in the new rules over the last few editions because I built it when they were kind of a new thing mm-hmm. uh, and they changed them a lot. But um, I'd like to see stuff for them because that's the side of the Imperium I do yeah. really like. Uh, I am hoping, though, and I, I kind of alluded this to you before the episode, I would like to see Gene Steel Occultists yeah. get a codex. I think they need a bit of love as well. Have Tyranids so. had one this edition yet? They haven't, Not have they? Not yet. No. It would be cool, maybe wishful thinking, if it was Tyranids and Gene Stealers. Oh, that would be neat. Yeah, to get tie-in. Yeah. Like a, a sort of horrific uh, Christmas. What have they got left to do? Those two factions. Yep. Custodes. Yep. Um, Imperial Guard. Craftworld mm-hmm. Elder. Uh, Harlequins 
Josh tries to remember the other factions in 40k. Uh, Chaos Space Marines, although they have said that Chaos Space Marines are coming next year. Okay. So we know we know one of these ones in December is not going to be Codex Space uh, Chaos uh, Marines and Chaos Demons as well. We haven't had them okay. out yet. And uh, I think that's it. There are some. Hmm. As much as I would like it to be Gene Steels and Tyranids, I could see some of those maybe taking higher billing. Here's the thing, right? It's not gonna. I don't think this is gonna be a release where we see like a, a launch of a new wave of models as well. We'll get probably get one for each codex, but that's it. It's not gonna be like orcs had the, the treatment orcs have had this year. Mm-hmm. So for me, that kind of rules out things like Craftworld Elder and uh, Imperial Guard because they need new models real bad. They need all of their like a load of their kits redone. Did Imperial so think, Guard not just get their base troops redone though? It's an upgrade sprue. Right. It's okay. not a new, brand new unit. You have okay. to buy your Cadians and... Oh, no, tell a lie, though. Kill Team does have new Imperial Guard models, but, like, that's it. That could be... That could lean towards Guard, though. Mm, Kill maybe. Team has kind of signposted stuff like that before. I mean, if yeah. you think the last Kill Team release had Necrons in it right right as 40k mm-hmm. dropped the new Necrons as well. Yeah, that's true. Well, in that's something similar. True similar time spam mm-hmm. less said about that the better though because I'm still <laughs> salty about that anyway so um, yeah again we'll link the article you can uh, you can wildly speculate to your heart's content after listening to this episode and we'll, Please we'll do. see how wrong we all are speculate in the comments give me something to be angry about <laughs> yeah make Tom angry he, he takes it out on me so please, please don't anyway um, moving on Moving on, uh, we have um, an old favourite of ours is getting a new edition, uh, Z-Man Games. I'm assuming it's Z-Man Games rather than Z-Man Games, but I think Z-Man yeah. Games sounds better. To be fair, Z-Man, Z-Man Games, Games is Z-Man. is in a dangerous territory. Sad, yeah, let's not let's not um, deliberate on that any further. Um, Z-Man Games uh, uh, have announced a new edition of Citadels. Um, see, when I was first getting into, I would say, proper tabletop gaming, in, in, in quote-unquote air, 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 air Citadels was one of the first games that I, I played. Same. Um, I recall having a gaming night round at my old flat, and uh, Scott took it upon himself to do some sort of rhyme for, like, Every announcing every uh, player, he like emceed the game. Yeah, it was great. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my Citadels, was it not as well? I believe so. Yeah. yeah, I believe so. I so, love that game. Like I think we played that at Scott's Stag Do and stuff like that. You like, did, so yeah. It was great. It, it was frequently great. appears. If I'm anywhere nearby and board games going on, you could probably guess that Citadels will be there. Yeah. Can you guess when it was first released? Ooh. I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on a game show. I'm going to guess that it was released in 2004. Is that your final answer, Tom? Yes. Dramatic music. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. You were very close. 
Okay. But you don't win the car. Okay. Uh, it was it, it was it was the year two thousand. That game wow. is twenty one years old. That game can drink in the U.S. Yeah, there we go. Um, weird thought, but <laughs> there we are. Um, so, uh, and I'm having a look over the article. I don't think they're changing like the mechanics of it at all, nor should they, because uh, it's a great game. They don't need to mess around with that. They're just updating the look of it um, and giving it a, a new, a bit of a new lease of life. To be fair, like, and and this could be maybe me looking through it through a hint of nostalgia, but I like the look of Citadels as is, and I'm not mm. besmirching them, updating it by all means, fill your boots, but. I think it has a very nice style to it. Like the cards look great. You know, they don't mm. look dated. They certainly don't look what twenty one years old. Yeah, yeah, it's aged pretty well. That game. Yeah. Um. So, uh, unfortunately, like as they're doing new art for it, but it's the same art style. Okay. It's just a, a bit of an update. So okay, it, that's not it's, too bad. aesthetically, it's going to look much the same as well. Um. But yes, uh, again, that will be coming to retailers very soon, so keep your eyes out for that. Um, final bit of news that I wanted to talk about is a Magic the Gathering related thing. So, uh, for those who don't know, um, Mark Rosewater is one of the lead designers for Magic the Gathering, and he has a, he has a blog. It, it's like going back to the year 2000 as well looking at his blog it's on it's on tumblr it is he has a live no journal nonsense. yeah it's kind of like that it's kind of like that anyway people send in questions for him to answer and he does this like every day he churns out a bunch of answers a couple of days ago we had the following comment hi mark i just want to thank you for an amazing year of magic i loved kaldheim and strixhaven has become my all-time favorite set However, I am not a fan of Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, and it has me concerned for the future of Premier Sets. I wish Premier Sets were reserved for Magic's own IP. Um, and to which Mark has simply responded, future sets with non-Magic properties will not be Premier Sets. Now, what the heck do we mean by a Premier Set? Um, this was a... I hear you ask. Yes. Nobody at all. That, that, <laughs> That that was the first thing that I that came into my head. It's like I have no idea what he means by premier set. Apparently, a premier set is now what they now call like any standard legal set. Um, right. They they changed the the naming because standard legal sets implied that standard with the standard format was what it was designed for specifically. And while that's a consideration nowadays, it's not the only consideration. So. Okay. So what this means is that in um, standard legal sets and draft sets, you will not see um, another IP. Um, we know that we've got 40K coming, and that's going to be a commander set. We know that there's going to be a, a draft set for Lord of the Rings. So that's not going to be one of the main sets that gets released in the year. That's going to be a supplemental set, much like Modern Horizons or... Um, or the one of the unsets, um, and I just thought this was interesting because it feels like they've done maybe like maybe not a full one eighty, but they've definitely turned a little bit on um, using other IPs because they seem very keen on it, and now they're, they're like this to me seems like they're, they're putting a bit of cold water on it. What, what are your thoughts? 
So, I can't remember if it was you that said this or if I saw it elsewhere, but has Adventures in the Forgotten Realms hasn't been that well received, I believe? Now, ah, I was going to come on to this. Um, evidently, um, it has been selling very well. However, it is uh, a very polarising product. Um, for a number of reasons. Predictably, there are some people who just don't like another IP being used for Magic the Gathering. Um, one thing I did not foresee, though, and this is uh, something that Mark in a different post has spoken about, is people from Dungeons and uh, Dungeons and Dragons fans are annoyed at this set, though, as well. Um, and the reason being is, oh, you got such and such card wrong. Um, so, and and the, the, the main one that gets cited is Tarask. Apparently the Tarask is like nothing like it, you would expect it to be from Dungeons and Dragons. So, so that, that's in, I find that very interesting. Uh, that, that's kind of informed their decision-making process on maybe dialing it a bit, a bit, a bit back on um, using other IPs. Right. I, we've kind of, we, we've discussed this when they announced all of this earlier in the year. I, and I am warming to the thought of other IPs being used. And I actually thought they did a really good job of Adventures in the Forgotten Realms overall. Um, and that gave me, and, and you said it on a previous episode, gave, gave us both a bit more confidence in that, okay, well, they're going to, they are going to treat these other properties right. It's not going to be another Walking Dead set, which just feels like so out of nowhere and doesn't seem to fit Magic the Gathering. So, yeah. I For me, I think that they're wrong, really. Just, you're wrong. I don't, I'm not going to dance around it. Like, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is a great set. Whether you're a Magic fan or a D&D fan, stop being so stuck up like it's a it's fun it's supposed to be fun it is fun you know maybe every card is not a perfect representation of how that thing would work in in magic but Mm. it's not supposed to be either you know as long as it's a good enough representation i mean we got some fantastic art we got some fantastic representations of how some things do work uh, you know the dungeon- awesome, awesome legendary characters as well. Awesome legendary from, characters. From the Forgotten Realms. Yep, definitely. Um, the dungeon mechanic is great. I, I really enjoy that. I, I would have liked some more dungeons, but other than that, I have no complaints mm-hmm. with it. I think it's really strong, and I would love to see them add to it. You know, in, in future sets. We have a space hamster token. We have a space yeah. hamster token. We never had that before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's so much that it's done. I can understand, and I don't disagree that these shouldn't be is it premier sets. Did you say they're called? Yeah. Yeah. So I would agree. I'd agree with that. I think mm-hmm. if they want to reserve premier sets for sets specifically set in the magic continuity, go ahead. Fill fill yeah. your boots. You know that's fine. But my argument to that would be: Did they not say that technically? D&D sets are part of that now and vice versa yeah D&D is standard uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms are standard oh you're talking about the settings sorry yeah let me cut all of that and look professional yes uh... (laughs) 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 yeah the, the Forgotten Realms is one of the planes in the Magic the Gathering universe so it is kind of Part of the, 
It is a different IP, but it's not really. So what like, what are they going to do going forward then? So I know how, like, obviously uh, 40K and Lord of the Rings are going to work. They'll be separate things. Mm-hmm. But are they saying now that any future Forgotten Realms sets, which I think they have alluded might come, are they going to be within or without? No idea. <laughs> See, that's where it starts to get a bit foggy because you've already said they are part of it mm-hmm. and now you're saying that things... In, in response to Forgotten Realms, things that aren't in it are going outside it. So where does that fall? That's where oh. you... like. Mm. I'm like, stick to your guns. Like, you've said stick it away. is. Yeah. Like, some people might not like it, but to be blunt, f*** them. Right? Like, that's... That's their problem. Right? Wow. Like, that's, that's not our issue. Like, mm-hmm. it's a good set. You you came up with a good idea. The, the stuff that crosses... I didn't know if I'd like it to start with, but the stuff that crosses magic and D and D is is a no brainer. It's mm-hmm. worked for for D and D and it's worked for magic. It's it's brought the zeitgeist of both of them together. You've got mm-hmm. some fantastic products for D and D from magic, and now you've got this fantastic product for magic from D and D. That's that's fun for for it's fun for everyone. It's fun for all the family, right? Like it's it's just good. And it annoys me that people are naysaying something that is... Don't you laugh at me, right? (laughs) It annoys me that people are naysaying something that's not even that far out of the... This isn't Walking Dead. This isn't My Little Pony. This isn't Transformers. This isn't 40K. This is something that, in my opinion, probably inspired the creation of Magic the Gathering that you are now saying isn't good enough. No! No! <laughs> You're wrong! I, you, you feel a bit better I for do. that? I, yeah. I had to get out of my sister. That's fair. No, I agree. Like, I, It's a great set. Like, I've, I've, I love the commander decks in it as well. They look. Yeah. I'm tempted to pick up more of them, but like, mm, we'll, see, we'll see how money goes. <laughs> you got all that fat, fat mortgage dollar at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I do, and I need to retain it so that I, I can use it to buy another house. That's fair. So I can't go nuts. Middle class problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I've really enjoyed this set. This is it's it's reignited your interest in Magic: The Gathering as well, and I imagine you're not alone in that. So I do think it's a bit of a shame that obviously some people just don't feel the same way about it, but. What can you do? And it's fine for them to to voice that. I know I'm I'm being a bit ridiculous about it, but it is it's fine for them to voice that. But I think backtracking on it is a bad move for Wizards. Mm. I think you know you've made a decision. This isn't a controversial decision. You know this isn't some big political uh, driven agenda or anything like that. This is just this is part of our our universe now. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's a really simple thing it's you know it's ridiculous issues that people take and i could understand as i say if it was walking dead if it was 40k yeah i'm with you 100 percent. keep them separate you know make them make them silver bordered if you want you know make mm. them things that say this isn't part of our main stuff or you know as they are doing just say this is unrelated this is a separate mm-hmm. set you know and and i have warmed to the idea of those because of forgotten realms and because of what that's kind of opened my eyes to Mm-hmm. But don't, don't be like, not Shut up. <laughs> I enjoyed that impression. 
Yeah. I think it's accurate. I think it's a fun, it's it was actually quite funny because I was I was listening to a YouTuber the other day because uh, I don't really watch YouTube. I put it on and have it on in the background. Mm-hmm. I was listening to this YouTuber the other day, and she was doing something similar where she was taking the mick out of something someone had said in her mm-hmm. community to her, and she did that exact kind of voice. You know, and I just think it's funny that there's this universal impression that everybody does of somebody who's just being annoying well I, it's funny that uh, i was i was saying the other day that every um every girl that I, I i've ever met and known has the same impression of their boyfriend or husband <laughs> <laughs> it's like exact same voice that they do that sort of thing <laughs> it's true but, it's true it's universal right. covers all all the mm-hmm. ranges I think uh, well, just briefly, um, it got me thinking. This whole thing, um, what it, it's so funny the fandom around uh, these tabletop games because I don't know about you. Uh, there is some, there are some people in these communities that just they seem to loathe the the thing that they're a fan of. This is I, really, this is really topical that you've mentioned this so it's not relevant necessarily to board gaming but it's relevant to gaming in general Mm -hmm. so i don't know how aware you are of the mmo communities for for gaming but Mm -hmm. recently there's been a a big trend so obviously you're aware of world of warcraft i'm sure everyone i am aware of all the um controversy at blizzard activision as well right so that's that's not what we're going to talk about some bad bad stuff going on there There has there definitely has but out with that which is horrendous and it's on mm. and and stands apart from this world of warcraft has not been doing well as a game right. recently it's been performing quite badly mm. and a lot of the fans of world of warcraft have complained about how bad it is right mm-hmm. and there's been this migration that's happened over the past month or so of world of warcraft players moving to another mmo specifically a lot of them are moving to final fantasy 14 okay uh, now i've played both uh, mm-hmm. and i play both i haven't played world of warcraft for a while um and it's been so funny watching the reaction of world of warcraft fans and the reason why why i mentioned because you were talking about people who who hate the thing they love is these world of warcraft fans right have been for months complaining oh this mm-hmm. game's got crap oh this game's not fun anymore oh this game's that they're still playing it right mm-hmm. and they still f- they still pump money into that machine mm-hmm. right and then <laughs> and then all these people have gone that's the last straw for whatever reason be it everything's going on at blizzard be it that the game's just crap uh mm-hmm. and have gone i'm moving to final fantasy 14 and all these all the rest of the wild fans the same ones who are calling the game crap are going your traitors you're you're wow you're you're moving over to to a crap game from wow and i'm like but you were the ones that that have called it bad and you're staying with it like this is an and i'll quote a a streamer who said this that's a a, a, an abusive relationship that's (laughs) where you're not leaving something that is making you miserable (laughs) and you're condemning people that are and it's the reason I mention it is because it ties into what you're saying there. These people that claim to love something and then naysay it and say, like, it's got bad, it's got negative. And I'm like, well, why are you still funneling money into it? Like, speak with your wallet. 
And just and just to be absolutely clear, we're not we're not saying like you know none of these companies are above criticism. No. You know, and we we criticise uh, Games Workshop and A Wizards lot. of the Coast and uh, all the, these other companies plenty. I still love the the like the products that they come out with though. Yeah. So and and maybe not all of them, but uh, the game itself and the community uh, communities around these games are, are, are forever fantastic for me. Um, it's it's the type of fan who just just hate seems to hate everything. You got nothing good to say about it. Essentially, yeah. that's that's exactly what what I mean. You know, you can criticize something you love. You know, you can recommend ways to make it better. Um, mm-hmm. You can suggest ways. You know, it can be improved, and it can uh, and that can be a good thing. You know, constructive yeah. criticism is is essential to developing stuff, and mm-hmm. that's why a lot of good companies listen to fan feedback. Incidentally, wow, don't, uh, mm-hmm. which is the difference. Um, and and I suppose the argument could be made on Wizards walking this back is are they listening to that feedback? Is that why they're walking it back? That you know it's mm. it's not part of it, and maybe that kind of shoots me down, um, and that's fair. You know I'll take that hit, um, but you can't get to a point where all you do is criticize a hobby and then mm-hmm. claim that you love it. That's not that's not loyalty. That's self destruction. Like. Yeah. That's you investing in something you don't enjoy anymore. So you've got to kind of find that balance of, do I enjoy this, or does it make me absolutely miserable, and should I really still mm-hmm. be engaging with it? Um, as much as as I ran a lot, and to a degree, there is a, an, an element of caricature to that. Yeah, I love the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't do them otherwise, and I get so much enjoyment from. Them. maybe not so much when I'm playing Josh at Magic, but everything else, you know, I really, I really do enjoy. Do you know what? Like fun in Magic is zero sum. You know, some some people can have all of it in a given game. Yeah, you know, there's still fun there. I'm not yeah. having any of it. Yeah, I'm, Josh I'm, is having I'm, a whale. I'm, I'm hogging all of that fun. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you you've got to look at at your hobby and say, is this actually bringing me happiness? Is, yeah. is this what I want to be doing? And if if you're spending all your time criticizing it and and you're not getting any enjoyment with it, go find something else. Try fishing. That's just good life advice in general. You know, if something's not bringing you joy, then you've really got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? And so. don't anyone say that we here at the Unlucky Frog are not wisdomous, because we are most wisdomous. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> on that note, this <laughs> is amazing. It's like, sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, we will. Uh, on that on that note of wisdom. We will uh, draw this episode to a close. So, as always, guys, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.